We need hope that, that God is there and He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. You've got to have hope. Amen? You gotta have, then you've got to have the love that never gives up, the love that never fails, the love that never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we've got to have unspeakable joy. Unspeakable joy. You've got to have joy in those times when we get depressed and down. We want to have a joy that's unspeakable that just breaks us out of it. But then those times that we, we're going through battles and trials and tribulations, and it just seems so hard and we feel depressed, we can have that inner, inner joy that's knowing that God is strengthening me. He's making me better. He's making me stronger. This is for a reason. And I can have the joy knowing. That's why James in chapter 1 says, Count it all joy. Because when whatever you're going through, on the outside, you may, you may feel the pressures of it, but on the inside, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then also, we want to have the peace on a daily basis, knowing that the peace of God is with us, and we can be at peace in the midst of the storm as well. The star of Bethlehem is really pretty much only talked about in Matthew chapter 2, and, but it's, it's an important star, and it's a star that we're going to focus on, because that star left us, uh, led, led the wise men to Christ, the baby Jesus. And he was in that bed. He was in a king-size bed because it was his bed, so they made it a king-size, right? It fit for a king. He didn't come with, with bells and whistles. He didn't come with, with a big parade and entourage. And he just was very, it was very quietly out in, in, in the fields in a cave somewhere in, in, in a trough. He was born very humbly and peacefully. And, they, and when they heard about it, they didn't have Twitter. They didn't have Insta. They didn't have Facebook. So everybody could, hey, Jesus is going to be born it was word of mouth, and they just kind of kept it quiet. And, and God led people there who needed to be there. And the wise men went and, and showed up. And they showed up two years later, but they came. They came to the house when, he, when he, he was a young toddler at two years old. And that, that star led them and guided them. And, and that, that star, Jesus, he, Jesus is the star. He's the light of the world now, and he guides us to himself. It's time for us to prepare during this season to pause, to ponder, to think about all the things, the true meaning of Christmas. We, we, have, we get excited about the, the decorations and the Christmas tree and Santa and all this kind of junk. But the thing is, is that we, we got to pull that aside and stop and pause and think about Jesus. And think about, wow, what does this really mean? This is the birth of, of the Savior of the world. He was only born not to hang out, not to do things. He was born to die. He, he, he had to die, so he was born, and that's what this is all about. And so let's stop during this season in the next four weeks and just really think about Christ and what he means and the four gifts that he brings us during Christmas time: Hope, joy, peace, and love. And I know we're stressed in our culture, and, and, and you know, Mary Joseph, the innkeeper, a jealous king, wise men, common shepherds, angels, they, were, they, they all went through situations and were stressed as well. But, you know, if they came to our day, they would be so stressed. It would just be, their eyes would be spinning because we have such a fast-paced life. But in their life, in their time, in their day, they were very stressed. They went through a lot. Mary had to tell her husband that she was pregnant and she didn't have sex with nobody. I mean, she had to say, hey, I'm pregnant, but I promise I didn't cheat on you. That was stressful. It was very stressful for, it was very stressful for Joseph to say, oh, I believe you. You know, which he didn't at first. It was that he was going to divorce her until the angel came to him as well. You know, the innkeeper, he had to tell the, you know, the, the, the Savior of the world, I ain't got no room for you. Okay? And I want to give I want to tell you this one little comment right here. Now, actually, we really could dismiss after this, but we're not. But, but, the, <laughs> but, but, but the innkeeper had to look at the Christ and say, I have no room for you. Why was there no room? Because the place was full. Okay? Today, I'd like to ask you in your heart, in your heart, is there room for Jesus? 
Or do you got to turn them away and say, I'm sorry, it's full of me. It's full of stuff in this world. It's full of life. It's full of, full of pride. It's full of fear. It's full of whatever. And I have no room for you today, Jesus. You have to find someplace else to go. Let's check ourselves today and ask that question and during this whole season and make sure that we have room. And if you don't have room today, I pray that you move stuff out. You kick stuff out. You, you, you serve notice and eviction notices and say, Satan, you, you, you're done, son. You got to go. You can't stay. I got to make room. And while our pace of life is, is, is exciting and, and heavy, we have to stop and pause for these reasons. And, and I want you today to say yes to this journey in your mind. That, yeah, you know what, I want, I'm going to think about this. And you may not come every single week, and some of y'all might not be able to come back at all. But, but think about these four gifts that God gives us, and take time and pause and, and ponder. And don't just sit there and get into the, all the hoopla of all the excitement and all the stuff of, of the commercial Christmas. Because, you, you know, we have the Christmas tree, but I put on Facebook the other day, the message by, behind Christmas is a message of the cross, that he, he came to, to save us from our sins. You know, and I want you to first off start looking at yourself and look at the darkness in your own life. Well, Pastor Doug, I'm saved and I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. Okay, that's fine. That's good. Okay, but let's get real. We all got darkness. We all got issues. We all got problems. We all got things we're going through. I don't care how saved you are. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all are human. We all got darkness. And when I say darkness, I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm not saying you got demons. I'm just saying that there's, there's, there's clouds, like little Charlie Brown or, or whatever, little pig, pig pen, little cloud falling around. You just got stuff in your life that's raining on you all the time. And, and so, so in this Christmas season, I know you're overwhelmed. Finances, struggles, you're trying to buy Christmas presents for Uncle Joe, and you don't even like him, but you got to buy it anyway because you're going to their party, you know, and this and that. You, you're doing stuff, and you, it's just stressful. And you're like, what do I even buy him, you know? And so, so you got these problems in relationships. And, and so many times during Christmas seasons, you know, we, we have the loss of family. And, and it's just sometimes it's depressing. But I want you to look at right now, first off, um, to, to, to follow this star of hope. I want everybody in this room, including myself and everybody watching, we have to acknowledge the darkness. We have to say, you know what? I do have things in my life that's bothering me. I do have things that's holding me back. I do have things I struggle with. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. But I got... I got some stuff that I want. I want. I need help take care of, and you know. And I have this. Have this little flashlight. Can you turn the flat the light all the way on for me in just a second? You know, get all the way up. Woo! Okay. See this little flashlight right now. Uh, you, you can't. You can't see it on the floor hardly. You can see a little bit on the ceiling, but it's just not. It's not very powerful. Okay. So cut that off, and then cut and cut the center light off. Okay. Now, now you can see. You can. You can see. It, you can almost see the beam. And if, and if we were outside, and it was super dark. You know, you can see actually the, the, the light shining out. And so, thank you. Um, so the light actually is the brightest in the darkness. The more dark it is, the more you really can see the light. And sometimes God's got to get us in a place of darkness to say, look, 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 look for the light, look for me. So many times we don't see the light because we've got our head buried down. Oh, pitiful, poor me. I'm so, I'm just pitiful me. I'm so, it just, it's all about me. And instead of looking up saying, God, I'm in the dark, where's the light? Where, you know, instead of saying, hey, how can I get out of this darkness? Let's say, God, what do you want me to learn in this darkness so I don't have to come back to this place? God's trying to teach you something everywhere you go. God, what can I learn in this darkness? Show me the light. Show me what you're trying to teach me during this time in my life that is so hard that I don't understand, that's difficult. God, I'm alone. I feel sad. What is it in my life right now that, that, that I need to learn 
Show me the light so I can come out of this and come out a better person and go into your glorious, your glorious light. Um, it's kind of amazing that Jesus took the cloud, I mean, the, the uh, star of Bethlehem that is, uh, that to lead the wise men to Jesus. It's something that he created. He took his own creation and led them to Christ. It was so beautiful. And the psalmist put it beautifully in Psalms 19, 1 through 4 in the New American Standard Version. It says, The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the expanse, or skies, proclaim the work of his hands. Day by day they put forth, um, put forth speech. Night by night they reveal knowledge. But they have no speech, nor they have words. Neither do they have voice that's heard. Their line, or voice, has gone out throughout all the earth, and the utterances to the ends of the world. We, not too long ago, we heard um, a, a video, I showed you a video of, of the constellations and how they make noises and stuff. Um, and, and it was very, just, just really beautiful to hear out so many miles, thousands, hundred thousand, however many miles away, that, that those constellations and different things make noise. That, that, that even the rocks actually make, they, they emit a vibration. And, you know, that's why when they walked around the walls of Jericho, they, they walked around, they had this, it, it vibrated and it got that, them, them stones along with that vibration. And those walls fell into the ground. Not, some of them crumbled, yes, but I, I've been to Jericho. It went, they went into the ground, into the ground. Now, they, just, they just didn't fall to the baseline and crumble over. They went into the ground. And so every, that's why the Word of God says that, that if you don't praise Him, He'll have the rocks cry out because they got to vibrate. They, they can make a noise. You know, it's just amazing when you think about the vastness of, 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 the, the, of the galaxy and, and the universe and how big it is. And then, and then in Psalms, David says, Well, when I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you've, that you've ordained and set in place, what is mankind that you would take thought of him? Son of man that you would take care for him. What, really? you got this universe and you really care about me? He says, I care so much for you. I care, I care more for you than I, I, I care every little sparrow that falls from the air. And if I care about every little sparrow, the littlest bird, then you know I care about you. You are my masterpiece. Stars, stars can't be seen in the light. Nobody goes out and says, honey, you want to go on a romantic date? Let's go sit out at noontime and watch the stars. <laughs> I mean, nobody does that because it, you can't see them in the light. You have to be in the darkness. The best, best way to see the stars and to see the, the, the light that God created for you to look at is in the darkness. Matter of fact, Daniel chapter 2, verses 22, I have a whole message on the scripture. It says, He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what is hidden in the darkness, though he himself is surrounded by light. He has light all around him. I have a message called Beautiful Darkness and just talks about all the beautiful things that happen in the darkness. You know, and, and what can you see? For instance, fireworks. You don't show fireworks in the middle of the day. Everybody's like, okay, whatever, I'm, that's not pretty. But at nighttime, all the colors against the black sky is just gorgeous. You know, um, you know the film used to be, you know, in the dark. They used to, you know, uh, develop it in the dark and it come out beautiful. You, you and I were born in the womb of our mother in the darkness. Disney in the night, in the night parade. It's just so, it's with all the lights spinning and looking and flashing, it's so pretty. If you saw that in the daytime, you're like, oh, I don't want to see that junk. That's, that's just an ordinary parade. I can see that in Wilmington. Well, not really, but, but I, you know, you can see a parade, you know. That, matter of fact, there is a cactus in the desert. There's a cactus in the desert that only blooms at nighttime. And it has got the most sweet fragrance, they say. They say that's how you can find it. They say you can smell it. And it's a cactus because you don't want to find it, not my spelling it, you'll, you'll get a cacti in you, you know. Um, so, but Paul and Silas were at midnight in jail, 
crying out to God, singing praise and worship songs and praying to God, and the shackles fell off at midnight. I'm here to tell you today that in the midst of your darkness, the shackles can fall off of you. I'm here to tell you today that you can find hope in the darkness. I don't care how dark it is in your life. You can find dark because weepeth only dure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The sun has to come up. It will not stay dark. And this time of year, we, sometimes we can have a false sense of joy because of presents, because of the lights, the Christmas, Christmas tree so beautiful. We decorate our house. We come and go to parties. We share gifts. And you have this false sense of security. And then after Christmas is over, if you didn't deal with it before Christmas, then after Christmas is over, all of a sudden you go right back in this funk. You know, I'm, I'm praying that you go with this journey with me, you know, over the next four weeks of, of, of hope and love and joy and peace. And in Jesus, I'm praying that whenever we start 2019, that kingdom life is going to be on point, that we're going to be ready to go because we've dealt with all of our darkness. And now we're going to go into the new year in glorious light and look at the growth that God has for us and all the wonderful things that God has. We won't go into 2019 depressed. We're going to go into 2019 with the joy of the Lord as our strength and the power and knowing that we can do all things through Christ and that we, that we can be what God's called us to be. Amen? Praise God. But facing the darkness and calling it out helps us understand how to look for the hope. We have to admit, you know what, I have some, 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 some situations going on that I need help with, God. But both darkness in the world and, and there's darkness around us in our hearts. We have, you know, of course, we know that this world is so full of, I'm, I'm all the time saying, Lord, come Jesus. Lord, even so, Lord, come Jesus. Come now, now. Rapture drill. Okay, let's try. Let's just practice for the rapture so when he comes, I can jump and just, just keep going. You know, and, and I'm believing that God's going to come back, and, and I'm going I'm to make it in a rapture because I'm getting old. And uh, so I'm praying that, I, that I, I stay around while that happens. But, but it's, 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 it was a pretty dark time for people in Israel as well during, when Jesus showed up. It was pretty dark. And, and Isaiah 7 and 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give a son, and you, his name will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Isaiah talked about this you know he said he will be called you know um you know uh mighty mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and wonderful counselor that all these things seven eight hundred years before christ was even born and then before christ was born uh john the baptist proclaimed it and then the angel came and proclaimed it and then christ was born isaiah 9 and 2 says the people walking in darkness have seen the great light on those living in the land of the deep darkness a light will shine. And that light was Jesus when he was born. We are in between the promise of fulfillment, the promise of the king coming. That he was, came and he was born. He rose. He died. He was buried. I mean, he rose from the grave and he went into heaven. And now that's a promise. And now the fulfillment is him coming back and taking us all with him for um, forever. Um, and we need to look for that. that it, it's, it's very easy to look back hindsight, and they didn't have the hindsight as we did, that we can look back and see whenever they were putting the, the, the blood over the post for the, for the Passover, um, Passover, where they, they would pass over that house and not kill the firstborn. You know, that's, the same, that's, that's a foreshadowing of Christ coming and uh, shedding his blood and his blood being applied to our life as sinners. But they were very desperate for, for de, um, a, de, a deliverer. And we today, at times, are so desperate for deliverance. So we, we are desperate right now in Wilmington for deliverance from the opioid epidemic and all these other epidemics that we have. We are like, God, please, we're praying. God, help us. God, help us figure this out. Help, help change the lives of those people. Only you can do this. Only you can break this. We can't do enough. Nothing can rescue us from this except for God. 
and the, this beautiful journey of hope and we see comes in our darkest hour. And even the smallest, the smallest spark, the smallest little ember can, can light a big, huge fire. When you're lighting a fire and you're watching Survivor on TV, you're, you're, you're just, you're, they got that little flint and they just got little sparks. And that little spark grabs a hold of something and they start feeding it with stuff and then all of a sudden that, that, it, it flames. And if we'll just start trying to get that spark in our life, all God needs is just a spark of, of hope, a spark of, hey, God, I need you. And he can take that and he can ignite a fire in your life. It's not an instant process always. Sometimes it's a miracle. We're, we're right now we're going to go through this journey. But I'm also believing during this journey that every week that a miracle will happen. That each week somebody's going to come up and hope's going to happen today. That there's issues that are going to be gone today. That next week that somebody needs, needs the love of Christ and, and the forgiveness of God. And it'll, it'll happen next week. The next week that the joy is going to come. And joy is going to spontaneously combust inside them. And that the peace on the last week. You know, some people may have to wait the whole time. And some people may, 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 it may, may take a little longer. But I'm believing that sometimes every Sunday that someone is going to get a miracle. Is my, is my belief and my, my trust in God. And number two, there's only three. And the second one is embrace the wait. Embrace the wait. That's so hard for me. I do not like tomorrow. I'm going to Disney World. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to wait in line. And, you know, you got to go this way. Then you got to go this way. Then you got to go this way. And you just go back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, I just want, and then everybody got, everybody's got, got, got all this money and bought them fast passes. They're just walking up to the front of the line. I'm like, excuse me, you know. And I'm having to wait. I hate waiting. I don't like waiting. When I want something, I want it now. I, we want this microwave. I, I, I'm part of this microwave society. I, I just, I, I'm kind of a little ADD, and I, I want, you know, I don't, I don't want to wait. I want it now. You know, but God is so helping me, especially as a pastor, as a youth pastor, I really wanted it now. But as, as a pastor, God is really showing me, Doug, you just need to chill, calm down, and relax, and slow your roll, because I just don't do stuff like that. That's not how I work all the time. Sometimes I will, and when I do, you can shout and be excited about it. But the rest of the time, you got to learn how to embrace the weight. Embrace the weight. Um, so the people of Israel had, had to wait. Matter of fact, let's go back all the way to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, which is like on page 2. Okay, it's Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. God cursed the serpent that tempted Eve and said that through her offspring will come one who will crush the serpent, Jesus. So, hey, in Genesis 3, in page 2, 3, it says, hey, one day somebody's going to come that's going to crush you. And they've had to wait all them years till Christ came to do that. But it was a process. It was a waiting period. You know, just, if you can imagine a farmer during, having a dry crop season and, and the crops are starting to die and, 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 and the flowers are getting wilted and, and these kind of things. And, and, and he's like, I'm going to lose my crop. I'm going to lose my money. I'm going to lose everything. And then all of a sudden you hear, boom, 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 shakalaka. You know, that's supposed to be thunder. I know it didn't sound like I wouldn't. I'm not sick up here. You know, boom, boom, boom. You hear that thunder. But when they hear that thunder, they're like, you know what? Praise God. Rain's coming. That, that, that thunder is a promise of rain. There's coming a rain. There's a, a rain cloud there. Rain's coming. He can get excited about that, that rain is coming. Well, that's what John the Baptist was. When John the Baptist came, matter of fact, in John chapter 1, verses um, uh, 23, he says, I am thunder in the desert. Make the road straight for God. Make a hole. He's coming through. I'm thunder. R rain's coming. Christ was the rain. Christ was the Messiah. Christ was the promise. And he said, hey, make a hole. I, he's coming, and I want you to be ready for it. The, the wait, time for waiting is about over. Be, expect, get expectancy. Get excited. And that's what Advent's about, is about waiting 
and we all wait to celebrate Jesus' birth, but, but we, we also have the, we want the ultimate fulfillment of our deepest hopes. And I love how it says in Revelation 7, um, verse 9, 16, and 17, in the English Standard Version, it says, I love this. This is, this is one of my deepest hopes is, is, is for this day. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and all tribes and people and languages standing before the throne and before the land. They shall hunger no more, lamb. They shall hunger no more. Um, neither shall they thirst anymore. The sun, the sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them into the springs of living water. God shall wipe every tear from their eye. Amen. Is that not exciting to you about that day coming when we stand before the throne of God? We're able to lay our crowns out of his feet. And we're able to bow down before him. I don't need, no, I don't need, a, I don't need any property. I don't need no, 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 no rooms. I just want to lay at his feet for the rest of my life. And just worship him and love him and be in his presence. I don't care about nothing else when I get there but just being there with him. And we live, and we live in this space between, between already happened and not, and not yet. As I said a while ago, between he's already come, but he's not yet returned. Hebrews 11 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for and the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith, and King James says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If we could take the, the natural realm and, and open it up and look into the spiritual realm, we could see faith. Faith is a substance. It is something. We're like, well, faith is just invisible. Well, in our natural realm, yes. But if we could open up the spiritual, the natural realm, we could see faith. God is faith. God is that faith that we're looking for. We, we, could, we could physically, tangibly touch faith if, if we could open up into the spiritual realm. Because it says faith is the things hoped for. And we have to hope for those things. That's what we're talking about today is hoping for, 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 for God to, to move in our life. And we're waiting for that to happen. And then the third one, the last one, it says, commit to the journey. I hope you commit to this journey. And, and, and journeying and waiting are two different things to, our, to, to me. One is, one is not doing nothing, sitting around, and the other one is moving. Okay? But in the Bible, waiting is something different. Matter of fact, priest, priest professor, writer, and theologian Henry J.M. Nowen, N-O-U-W-E-N, describes the waiting, as we see in Scripture, very active. In his book, Waiting for God, he wrote, Active waiting means to be present fully in the moment, in the conviction that something is happening, whether you are, and, um, and that you want to be present for that happening. If you, if you come. So that, that, that's not easy, waiting. I was speaking to someone the other day, and because this scripture tells it so beautifully, it's like actively waiting, knowing that something's going on, you're not just waiting around because something's happening. You know, I, I told someone the other day, I said, it's like you have a wall right there. And then there's walls behind that wall. And God's knocking these walls back here down. And you're at that wall. God, there's a wall here. There's a wall here. Why is this wall here? I want this wall. I thought you were going to do something. I've been waiting and hoping. It's right here. But in the whole time, stuff's happening behind that wall. And then one day, that wall falls. And you see, wow, your answer. Okay, but... If he did like we wanted, and he knocked down the first wall, boom, knocked it down right when we wanted it. Okay, then there's another wall. Oh, my gosh, another wall. Lord, can you knock that wall down? Boom, and then another wall. 
Okay, now all I got is a wall. Every time I, every time I ask God to do something, I face it in the wall. But see, the way he does it sometimes is he, he knocks down all the stuff in the back, and you're waiting for something to happen, and you're like, all I see is this. All I see is my finances aren't paid. All I see is my kids aren't saved. All I see is I'm depressed. All I see is, is that nobody loves me. I, all I see is that nobody cares. All I see is, is that, that, that I'm, I'm going through this time that I got a disease. I got, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm, I've got this sickness or whatever it is. And we just see this. But if you've been praying, just like Daniel, Daniel prayed and, and 21 days and God said, oh, I heard you on the first day. But there was warfare, other walls. There was warfare between me and you. And it took me 21 days to answer. And so I had to take care of some other stuff first before I got to you and answered your prayer. Psalms 31 and 20, um, 24 says, be strong and take heart, all who put your hope in the Lord. So what does it look like to put your hope in the Lord? First Peter 1 and 13 says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Quit worrying about it. Trust God. Don't get angry. Say, God, I have hope. And if you have hope, it's going to happen. Don't give up hope. Because when you give up hope, that's when you get frustrated and mad and angry. Because when you give up hope, you're saying, okay, it's not going to happen. People who commit suicide give up hope. And they're like, this is never going to change. But said, so we got to have hope in God and say, you know what? I know something's happening. I may not see it. I may not even feel it. But God, I know you're doing something today, and I'm excited because I know you're working today. You did not get up this morning and, get, and lay back in bed. You were up working for my good. You were up doing things for me, God. Thank you for that. I don't see it. I don't feel any better. Things just as bad as they always was, but I know you're working on it, God. But, but you know what I'm saying? You can still have hope. That is happening. Hope is, is waiting, but being sober and alert, just like I talked about with, the, with, with uh, Gideon. Those guys got on their knees and out there, and they were not sober and alert. They were on their knees, lip, lip, lapping up like dogs, but those other guys were, were squatting, and they were, bringing, they were ready in case the enemy came. Be sober and alert, so when God says move, you move. Wherever you're at on your journey, keep following God's light. It's not about finding all the answers. It's not about checking all the boxes. It's about preparing your heart for that day when Christ comes back, that you, you'll make the, the, the rapture and you'll go to heaven and spend eternity with Him. There's not, the only box you've got to check is except you be born again, you'll, that you will not enter the kingdom of God. The only box you've got to check is say, Hey, God, forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Forgive me. And then after that, you just keep a repentant heart. And when you sin, you say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And, and, and you will make it. That, then you just prepare. Keep your heart prepared for that day. And I pray that today you begin to do that. And that you begin to prepare your heart. And you go ahead and commit in your heart. And say, so, you know what? I'm going to come back to church for the next four weeks. And I'm, and, and I'm going to start a new year. And I'm going to go in with a bang. And I'm going to be free of, I'm going to have hope. I'm going to have joy, peace, and love. And man, it's just going to be a great 2019. It's going to be a year of growth for us. You know, and sometimes I, I, God, God showed me the other day and I was really praying and seeking Him. And, and I was like, God, we, we did so good. We, you know, we were, we were growing so fast and things were happening. Now we're like, kind of like at a little standstill right here on the edge of, of another really brink. And, and what is it? And, and, uh, and then He showed me that things are still happening. You know how I just said things are happening in the background? I can look and point out people that have grew spiritually 
that have been discipled and that are stronger, better Christians. God is, God's like, okay, now I got you here. You can't handle what's next until I take your people and start discipling them. You're discipling them and we're raising them up and I'm, I'm letting them have faith and trust in you so they can help you have faith for the next, the next situation so we can keep having faith for bigger and better things. And so God's doing a whole bunch of stuff in a whole lot of you. And that's why we're in this little standstill. So as he does that, then we can move right to the next phase. And we're going to do that. We're going to trust God. We're going to be out of this place. We, our, our place for our kids is way too small. Our, 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 our nursery is way too small. We're going to do great things with that. And we want to have rooms for, for discipleship and all that. We're going to believe that and trust God for that. And January the 27th is our anniversary for three years. We're going to believe we're going to raise $20,000, $25,000 that day just trusting God to help us so we can go ahead and move out of this place and have a bigger parking lot so you ain't got to walk in the mud when it rains and do all these kind of great things for God so we can, we can reach more people for Christ. But it takes time. It takes hope. God, I, I hope you're doing that. There's, it takes joy. Joy. I'm going to be joyful as I'm hoping, God. I'm going to be joyful as I'm hoping because I know you love me and I have your peace. Praise God. Amen. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes, please? Is there anybody here at all that say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I, I, I need Christ. I need hope and all that, but I, I need a Savior first before I need those four things. The gift that I need today is Jesus. I need salvation. Would there be anybody here today that say, I just want to receive Christ. I want to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. Would you just raise your hand so I can see it. Well, who would raise their hand and be bold and say, Pastor Doug, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I know Christ. I'm going to heaven. But I've got some darkness. I, I, I need some hope in some areas of my life. I need some hope to hang on to some things and say, God, I need hope to know that you're there, that it's going to be okay, that you're going to work it out. God, I just need some hope. I need, I need the light to shine on some things so I can see better. See better hope. Anybody besides me? Amen. Praise God. Yeah, hands everywhere. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to bring hope I pray that today you bring hope in somebody's life I pray that today God that the light is shown on the situation and it's just as clear to them and today they have their answer today in the name of Jesus I believe by faith Lord that'll happen but God for the others of us that, that you see that we need to wait because things are not prepared things are not ready for that yet the walls behind the wall haven't dropped yet God I just pray that in the name of Jesus you help us to wait actively and come back next week and find out about your love. And follow the star. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.